Welcome to Making Movies is Hard, a podcast about the everyday struggle of being an independent filmmaker. I'm Colin Levy. And I'm Alec Purcell. And this week, I have the honor of uh, trying to be Timothy while he's uh, still traveling in Japan. So for the second week in a row, I am uh, here to talk with Ulrich about all things filmmaking. How was your week? Oh man, it was good, busy. Um, but uh, you know, it was, it was funny. I was just thinking about like last week when we recorded the show, and I think that was the last day I wrote on my movie since I've since then, which is sort of depressing. I wish I had worked on it more. I'm excited for not tomorrow and not tonight, but for Wednesday. As I, I'll have that's the day I'll be able to write again on the movie. Man, so uh, yeah, one day a week these past couple weeks. But how often do you typically want to be writing? I wish I was writing every day, man. I yeah. mean, um, I don't know. Are you able to write every day? Is it something that you've been able to do for yourself? Not at all. I basically <laughs> have one. I actually do have the one day a week carved out for for writing. But that's partially because I'm. I'm in post on a on a different movie, you know. Right. Uh, so I'm I'm working on the the feature, but uh, the, really I need to put most of my time and attention on the short, um, which is you know needs a lot of uh, hand holding. Uh, but I did have kind of a dramatic writing day since uh, we recorded last. Oh really? Um, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. For the past um, you know year, I've been basically out outlining uh, with note cards with my co-writer Mike Sunday. And um, we've accumulated quite a stack. Actually, it turns out to be, I think it's its around 400 note cards. I forget if it's less or more. Wow. It's around that. And it's, um, uh, we because there's so so many of them, It's uh, it's been really hard to, we're basically working on a section of the movie at a, at a time. And so for the first time, because we kind of have gotten through two passes at it now and feel kind of comfortable with, with uh, with it, we got into a, a space with an enormous conference table, and um, and laid them all out, which took thirty minutes just to just to lay them out on the table. But wow. um, uh, and and then I pitched the movie, the feature, from beginning to end, which I've never done before, and uh, hit record and just went, you know, and just kind of re- described moment by moment, and it was a painful pitch like no one wow. no one who like who isn't already involved would be able to get through you know past the first 15 minutes <laughs> wow but it really was illustrative and useful to force myself to get through to the end which took two whole hours wow and to react and to figure out what is what is too you know uh, beefy uh, what was confusing plot-wise, um, what is working emotionally versus not connecting at all. And I think when you kind of can look at the whole thing at a glance, first of all, seeing how, you know, Act 1, Act 2, the second half of Act 2 is so, it's like twice as big as any other section. Wow. Uh, but also to, to hear it all continuously, a lot becomes very clear. And that was dramatic because that's never, I've never done that before. And uh we learned so much, and um, I don't know if we're ready to really start committing words to pages, if, or if we're going to do another pass at this outline. But already we know, okay, we've got to we got to cut a lot of stuff, wow. um, which was a good lesson. <clears throat> and did you just pitch it to Mike, or did you pitch it to other people? I just pitched it to Mike, but I think because um, we were recording it, it uh, it was as if it was a little more presentational, and that added a little extra pressure. 
um, as if, you know, yeah, um, I was pitching to a larger group. I mean, literally before uh, I hit record, like my heart was racing for no reason. Wow. <laughs> it was like, okay, I'm about to do this and I'm not going to stop. <laughs> wow. So two hours. So that was, was it like literally like reading, like they're deciding what the movie would be like beat for beat or was it? Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, the, you know, we're shorthanding certain things in note card form. And because I'm trying to string together a narrative, um, sometimes I'm, you know, on the spot spontaneously kind of connecting the dots between cards or realizing oh, we need a card for this. And, and I, you know, just in telling the story, I tried to make it make sense, of course. And, um, uh, but it is very much beat by beat. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's no dialogue at this point. So no dialogue, like okay. They have, you know, uh, an argument about, about this. And, you know, uh, you know, you, you might call some detail, um, call out some details, but for the most part, um, it's taking this long partially it took two hours partially because it's the first time I've done it and I think I'm, you know, kind of just like I'm not a good or well-practiced pitching person. Uh, so it takes me some time to sort of uh, get through stuff. Um, but also because we are, you know, we are kind of note carding at this point, not like one card doesn't represent a scene. It represents a beat, you know. Wow, okay. And so... Um, there might be 15 note cards for a scene, uh, which takes some time to, to just get through and to explain. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. So I, you know, I've done note carding a little bit or, or, uh, I tried doing it for myself. I participated, um, with it on another project with somebody else, but, uh, note cards seem really interesting. So the way I think I was doing it when I was trying to do it for my own movie was, um, just by scene. So just each note card would be one scene, you know, and then I would maybe like I would say the point of the scene, who's in the scene, what the scene is accomplishing. And then maybe on the back, I'd write a couple lines of dialogue that were like key to the scene. So that was the way I did it. Like, but can you tell me what your cards look like? Well, it's interesting. So this is um, I've used note cards in a, a few different ways in the past, but this is the first time I've sort of stuck with it as a technique and the first time I feel like it's worked out well for me. In the past I've used Scrivener, which is a really cool tool, uh, you know, on the computer to, um, but it allows you to outline and think about story visually and it uses virtual note cards. And what's cool about that is you could have act one as a card, act two as a card, act three is a card and then you zero in and there's more note cards there mm. so you could totally do what you're talking about which is you know each scene is a card but then you double click and you zoom into one of those scenes and there's cards within those cards which which would be the beat level wow when it came to this project and working on physical note cards with mike it really is sort of a rough to find approach so it's not too different. I mean, at huh. the beginning, we would totally kind of map out what we knew about Act 1. We'd know that at some point, you know, here, this scene would have to happen, and that would be a, a single note card. You know, Act 3, I think, was really um, uh, meager for a while, and it, and it was the note cards that were, that represented Act 3 were just scene, final confrontation, you know? Wow, okay. Thing. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but as you go into more detail and you figure out more specifics about uh, structure of the scenes or, or you know, um, to tie up this B-plot or whatever it is, you're, 
I think just naturally get into more detail and that card that you know represent the scene becomes three three cards you might have a beginning middle and end to a scene and then you might go further and uh, and yeah just start to beat it out um, starting at the at the beginning and then just letting it you know as you're sort of writing tell you what the uh, how the scene is gonna unfold to get to the next plot point mm. um, which which is cool I mean it's it feels very organic um, I really like the process of throwing cards out you know crumpling them up and uh, uh, it it feels wow. more yeah satisfying and physical and like we're making progress when you uh, when at the end of a writing session you have a bunch of discards um, that are uh, in the trash interesting so does the movie only exist in flashcard format or do you have like digital documents that have similar information in them somewhere um, Mike is the much more experienced writer of the two of us and um, at first, I think we both assumed that he would take the lead and would be doing more of the the writing. But so far, it's been it's felt very um, very mutual and, and equal. Um, but one of his roles uh, is to at the end of every session, he he uh, goes away with the cards and updates our uh, digital version of the outline. Okay, so uh, we have and if we were to lose the cards. Well, I also take photos, you know, at the end of oh, every of session, the cards, okay. just as backup. But um, we have uh, an outline that I haven't taken a look at recently, but it's, uh, I shouldn't even guess, but it's, um, you know, uh, between 30 and 50 pages, I think. Wow. Um, just because now it's it's pretty well detailed. And um, uh, yeah, that that's, um, that's just, you know, Microsoft Word document. Interesting. And, uh, not yet in nothing in screenplay format, but we're about to turn that corner. Wow! So nothing in screenplay format at all yet. Yeah, and it's been a year, but it's also been you know we've been balancing our full time jobs and basically meeting once a week. So um, you know it's felt very slow and steady, but but it has been steady. I mean, I think we have been uh, really enjoying the the feeling of forward momentum the whole time, which is uh, not something that I can you know take for granted. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Um, man, so I did an outline for a project uh, a while ago. This was before I wrote the first draft of the alternate. I was outlining what was going to be the strange thing feature. And I got like, like all the way through act one and two, like very detailed outlines. I didn't do it on uh, flashcards. I just did it in a document uh, that I think I created it in final draft. Actually, it was I used their outline uh, template. Um, and it was broken down to acts and into scenes. It basically got to the point where I had like the first two acts, like really thoroughly outlined. And then like act three was like really, really loose. <laughs> like, yeah. like this happens, this happens, this happens. And then the final scene happens. <laughs> and it was like, I basically thought I had a whole movie outline. Then I realized I had two acts outlined and then not, not even a third act at all, basically. Right. And then I just got so bogged down in this outline that I was just like, I gotta start writing. Like, I don't know what the third act is, but I need to start putting it to paper. So I started putting it to paper. I got to like page 40 or 50, and then I realized I, all this stuff was wrong. And so I rewrote my outline, and then I restarted to write. I started to like basically write, rewrite the script, but like, you know, oh, I'm gonna keep page 30 through 40 the same, but I'm gonna change the earlier pages. Right. And then it started really confusing. And then I was just <laughs> like, fuck this, this does not make any sense. <laughs> and then that's when I had the idea for the alternate. And then I just wrote that outline mm. in one day. And then I started writing and I wrote the whole thing. 
Wow. And then I wrote, or like one or two days, two days to be fair. Yeah. Then it took a week to write the script um, off of that outline that took me two days to write. And Holy then, smokes, that is efficient. Yeah, but it was like, <laughs> and then from there, it's been three years since the first draft to get to draft eight, which I'm at now. But the point is, outlines scare me because um, it. I feel like what might happen again is the same thing that happened with that project where I'll just start an outline. I'll work on an outline for, because I think I was working on the outline for like at least eight months. You know, I'll outline, 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 and then like, you know, I'll outline myself right out of a, writing a movie. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I think there needs to be a balance because I think outlines are really important. Like it, you, I need to have some sort of outline, but I, I don't think I can get too... If I get too detailed, I think I start to, to freak out and then I don't know. Totally. I don't know. Well, I definitely understand like the intimidation of uh, having a completely empty canvas for Act 3. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. I mean, you know, every writer has a different process. And actually one of the other podcasts I really love is the Q&A with Jeff Goldsmith. Oh, I haven't I heard that one. That. Oh, no, so I good. If, oh, okay. if you are interested in writing, it's um, it's a... it's. It's basically interviews with, um, you know, successful uh, writers about a particular project, uh, whatever has recently been released. Um, but, uh, you know, Jeff Goldsmith has a bunch of, you know, um, questions he asks kind of everybody. And, and some of them have to do with their breaking in stories and how they got their start, but also um, their process. And, uh, man, everyone approaches this stuff differently. Some people don't outline at all. Some people outline, you know, in in uh, you know, with, with flashcards and um, stuff that's familiar. But th I mean, some people have are very regimented about their uh, the, the way they structure their writing life, their their habits, um, and uh, you know, I mean, some people take two years to write a script, and and others can can you know uh, pop out a first draft in you know a, a day. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, so, I, I think that 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 day script or that week script or whatever that that <laughs> definitely needs some rewriting. I mean, yeah. maybe some people will write a script in a day or a week and then call it done and go make it. But I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I really heavily heavily believe in the you know all writing is rewriting sort of totally philosophy. Totally. You know? Well, I guess for for us, it's been uh, we've decided that uh, for whatever reason, we're doing most of our writing really in this outline phase, and we're kind of. Uh, resolving it in greater and greater detail and so by the time we have a first draft you know it might be the equivalent of someone else's third or fourth draft yeah um just because we're pretty confident about the material and the structure and then it's about finding the characters voices and ironing out kinks and yes we'll we still want to write several drafts and 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 make sure that uh, it's polished up you know but um but yeah i i it's it i i guess i prefer that sort of uh uh, preparation heavy approach you know yeah um, because I'm I'm so familiar with pulling out your hair or just spending way too long on a scene that doesn't even belong in the movie and, mm. and like uh, noodling dialogue that's completely you know doesn't belong you know um, and so I, I guess this keeps me on track you know right. by the time we get to dialogue we know what the scene is. We know that it belongs there, right. and we know what the character has to, what what he wants, and like what the goal is. And you know, it's a little bit more of the uh, the structured intellectual approach to uh, the process. But it's also maybe genre specific. Like we're writing something that's sci-fi. That's a little mm. bit, um, 
you know, I think it has to be a little bit more by the numbers than than um, potentially other dramatic material could, might be. You know, yeah. where you, you where it is much more about finding something in the writing process, perhaps. Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if Mike would agree with that. By the way. Uh, oh, really? That's <laughs> yeah. funny. One of the things I read in the Robert McKee book that I read, a story. Did you read that mm. one, or on story, or whatever it's called? I haven't read it, but actually, I was fortunate enough to sit sit in. For one of his seminars. Oh, wow. Uh, so Crazy. I think a lot of the same material, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the things he talks about is like, you know, taking a scene and then writing it like four different ways or five different ways or ten different ways and then <laughs> right. picking the best version of that scene, you know. Totally. Or if it's not even the same scene, but it's the scene, a scene that's serving the same function. I basically, I didn't set out to do that, but I think, you know, at this point at draft nine or whatever, I have written like a million scenes that are like not even in the movie anymore because they just got cut or removed or whatever. So I kind of feel like by this long um, just rewriting and like going through draft after draft after draft, I've kind of done that in, in my own way, you know, Totally. which I think yep. is helpful, you know, but I mean, it's interesting that you're basically doing that same thing, but you're doing it before you even write the scene. Like you're <laughs> rewriting the, the scene or the concept of the scene. You're validating the scene before you even write it. Well, so, I hope... I hope that, that that is the case, but who knows? We might find ourselves writing the scene and realizing that actually it doesn't work at all. <laughs> right, uh, maybe. <laughs> we've but done I mean, all this like work for nothing. Yeah, but I feel like if you're you're able to pitch the movie, like I think I don't know. That's such an interesting concept. I never, I don't think I've ever really done that. Like I I, I think the first time I was asked to pitch uh, the alternate, I um I was trying to do an elevator pitch, and it ended up being like a twenty minute pitch. As I pitched it and got to know it better it got smaller mm. but i never really thought about like i'm gonna tell you the story of the whole movie in one yeah. sitting Al although i've heard of people doing that like through podcasts and stuff and like that being a way to like convince an actor or yeah. somebody to be involved in the project like let me tell you this story and they tell you the story and then they're like oh my god i gotta read the script is so amazing <laughs> i mean for me i think this particular pitch if that's even the right word is really different than what the marketing, the pitch to con convince an actor or an investor or, or a producer or someone to come on board. You know, this was really much more for us as writers to figure out and to, to see the whole of it at once. Uh, whereas, yeah, I think totally, I mean, I haven't developed the elevator pitch for this feature and that's something that I guess I gotta start thinking about. Like, yeah. in five minutes, what's the most compelling way to tell this story? Or in 30 seconds, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess they kind of serve different purposes. Yeah, they definitely you know? do. I think but you should be able to do a five-minute, you know, pitch and still feel like, oh, that's a movie I want to see. And, oh, there's so much promise here. And, oh, I, I get it, you know? Right. So I, you should be able to, I guess, uh, distill it down at any any length. <laughs> yeah, you should be able to do like the 30 second pitch or the minute pitch, which is kind of like sort of what I have down. And I think I did it last week on the show. I don't remember. Mm. I don't know. I feel like I can tell people it in broad strokes as well. You know, like this is the beginning, middle and end. How, how do you feel about telling people the ending to your movie in pitch form? Like I kind of feel <laughs> conflicted about that. Yeah. Like, I, I don't really want to reveal it and ruin it, but I feel like sometimes when I do tell people like at least part of the third act, that they get really excited, you know. Totally. So oh, interesting. I don't know. It's probably a project by project thing, I would imagine. Yeah. You know, you definitely do feel though that you're giving something away. You know, you're letting the air out. You know, right. if if you do disclose an ending and it's dramatic, you know, I I uh, you know I naturally I just love first acts. 
Oh, and, yeah. And uh, so I'd much prefer to, you know, pitch a good first act and let you kind of imagine the story that would that would unfold from there, you know? Mm, um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm so I, – I have no experience <laughs> with pitching. So, um, yeah. you know, I would uh, I'd turn that question around to – to you or, or others who, uh, yeah, who have people who I meet, I think there's there's um, there's people who have a lot more pitching experience, you know, some friends from film school, and and that's definitely something that like I want to get better at. Yeah, you know? I want to understand what, how they do what they do, and what what makes for a good pitch, and um, you know how to go into meetings and you know woo people with a, a really great story. Yeah, and I'm hoping to get experience doing that soon. Like, I really, I really hope that like I'm gonna finish this draft very soon, send it to some people, and then just get the opportunity to start pitching. Because I feel like I don't have a lot of experience doing it, but I think as soon as I start doing it, that's when I'll get better and better and better, and I'll learn, I'll learn, and then maybe eventually somebody will be like, "Oh wow, that I love that." Like, here's some money. <laughs> go, <laughs> yeah. go find more money so you can make it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it is one of those things that I feel like. You know, the 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 sooner you can get started, the the better, because practice makes perfect, and I think pitching is no exception. I mean, one of the reasons I like film and and uh, uh, enjoy uh, film, animation, visual effects rather than you know pr- performance, you know, theater, is because I can craft something in my cave, you know, by yep. myself, and don't have to deal with other humans. And uh, and can kind of hit play on something and let the work stand for itself. The more I find out about how the business works, the more I realize you really have to be a salesman and you have to be theatrical and you have to yeah. be able to be good in a room and um, and perform actually. Yeah, totally. Um, which is not really what I had in mind. You know, something I I now feel like I, I'm trying to put more attention. Yeah, absolutely. Or you find someone who can do it for you in a way, you know, like an agent or a producer who can really sell you and or create work that's so fucking good that it'll just sell itself. Because I've heard like there are filmmakers out there who aren't those the extroverts, you know, who can just talk and talk and talk and and perform and get people to believe in their ideas and like like just really sell it. Like, you know, I know there's a lot of filmmakers who aren't like that. So I don't think it's impossible to just not be that person and still That's make true. movies. Yeah. I think if you are the person who can go out and like get on a soapbox and be like, this movie I have in my head is so amazing. It's going to blow your mind. You have to help me make this thing. Together we're going to change the world through cinema, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like if you can be that person, I think you're going to you're gonna have an advantage of some totally. kind. You know? yep. How did you meet your, um, your writing partner, Mike? Uh, he worked at Pixar as well. Um, oh, cool. He's uh, no longer uh, at Pixar, but he actually was in systems or uh, IT. I don't even remember mm. what department. He's, um, yeah, super, super talented guy. Actually, we played soccer a lot on uh, Wednesdays. You know, I found out, I guess, that he w- was writing essentially in his spare time oh, cool. um, and had done a lot of good work. And uh, I, he hosted a, basically a writer's group at Pixar, which I attended a few times. And I guess I got to know him, and he, he was familiar with my work, and we started just uh, chatting. I mean, even like on the soccer field, asking each other how our, our various projects were going. And then, um, yeah, I kind of, uh, uh, kind of organically grew from there, and we started uh, meeting more often, and it became a weekly thing and that, as soon as we kind of got this project underway. 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so many talented people, you know, just you could bump into within the Pixar building. I mean, almost everybody has a hidden talent that may not be what they do for a living there, but everyone's got, you know, really inspiring stories and projects they're working on. So, uh, Yeah, absolutely. It, oh, it's funny, man. Um, I worked with a sound guy today. His name's Jeff Dragmanovich. He was a boom pole operator on one of the shoot days for your short. Or oh, so really? Claims. Was, yeah. Um, <laughs> was it, what was the code name that you used for it when you made it before? Uh, Do you remember? It would have been the portal experiment, maybe? The, the, yeah, he called it portal or the portal. portal. Yeah. And I was like, that must be because he, he recognized your name. Um, That's hilarious. And he also listens to the show. So, oh, cool. Um, he hey, said, Jeff. Thanks for helping out. Yeah. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> you're the man. <laughs> he also worked on Brother, too, which is oh, cool. awesome. Yeah. Um, but I yeah, he's what a really. That was. Yeah, he said that you guys shot like for a whole bunch of days. Do you remember how how many days did you shoot? I'm sure you know. Uh, it was I think ten. The initial shoot was ten, which is crazy considering yeah. that like you can shoot a feature. Apparently, I'm told. Yeah. For twenty days or no, eighteen days. Ten days. I've had <laughs> I've I've met filmmakers who told me they shot their feature in ten days. Oh my god. Yeah, man. It's so insane. I mean, luxurious schedule, I guess. But we, you know, we kind of had we. More of a Hollywood style where, it, you know, it took uh, an hour and a half to get a setup, you know, yeah. uh, checked off, um, which, you you know, so eight shots a day, we really couldn't push it too far. Um, and then we had um, two or three pickup days since then, so a total of 12 or 13, which wow. is crazy. How many um, pages did you shoot a day, do you think? Well, I guess if it was like, I mean, probably just over one. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That that is luxurious, man. That's yeah. awesome. That's great that you could do that. I mean, I'm sure the uh, the the final product's going to be a lot stronger that you're able to like spend so much time um, per page. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, we basically our goal is to sort of make it indistinguishable from, you know, a Hollywood feature. Yeah. Obviously, that's impossible. <laughs> well, but, um, you know, it's uh, it's definitely something where I mean, also I learned a lot of lessons, and I think um, it was a. Uh, a, the crew, you know, um, in some ways, you know, if we were on a feature, we were all pros, you know, it would be a well-oiled machine, but we had a lot of kinks to sort of, you know, iron out. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it, I think it took longer than it should have. And we also spent too long on certain scenes and we were rained out one night and, and ultimately got like half of what we hoped for, mm. for, for another scene. So it didn't feel like I mean, we cer certainly were not like wondering at the end of the day, hmm, uh, what else should we do? You know, it's, right. it felt very much like we were running up to the wire and, you know, keeping people overtime too a couple nights. But uh, but yeah, I mean, in comparison to, to yeah, to, to the 10 <laughs> day feature. Which yeah. just blows my mind. I don't know. I don't know how to, how you would do that. Well, the one I just worked on, we shot twenty days, and it was like a gosh, like a hundred and was it a hundred and five page script, something like that. So many um, pages a day then? Well, it it just depended. It just depends on how many days, on how many um, on the day. But like some days we'd shoot like three to five pages, but then some days we shot like eight, nine pages. Like, it was crazy, man. Like, you know, and like so much dialogue in one day sometimes, just like pay, like six, seven pages of dialogue, just like in a day. Like, <laughs> man, it was crazy. It gotta be t tough for those actors, I would imagine. Yeah. And it's, it's really hard because the thing that they were struggling with was like, 
you know, like, oh, we could have like done this in so many, so much less time if we had just shot basic coverage. But like the, the goal was to never just shoot basic coverage. It was always to like cover the scene in a dramatic, interesting, artistic way that like made sense for the scene, you know? And I I have so much respect for that. I mean, especially on that schedule to, to really, you know, still make that a priority. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was wonderful to watch. Like, I remember one day we were um, we shot this one scene in a kitchen that was like probably a three page scene, and uh, I think I even talked about it on the podcast. But the DP like set up a dolly. Um, you know, it was like uh, one of those God, what's it fucking a Fisher, mm-hmm. a Fisher dolly with a with a boom arm, right? And they did this thing where they like kind of like moved around this kitchen island and followed the actors as they went as they did their blocking, and they were kind of like you know, this really interesting blocking thing. And it just, it took so long to get that one shot, but, and you're not going to be able to cover the whole scene in that one shot alone. They're going to have to use coverage to cut around and everything. Mm. But I think those like 30 seconds or whatever that we got for that one shot is going to make the movie feel so much more cinematic because we have that movement and that, that style of like kind of wrapping around this room, you know, and fall. It's just beautiful, man. (laughs) So I don't know. I can, I can only hope that 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 shot makes it into the movie. Um, you know, it doesn't get cut. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You never know, man. I mean, those kinds of things happen, but I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I just, it's really hard to to. I mean, especially on that kind of schedule, to figure out how to schedule your day. You know, how to prioritize. What is the most important? Is it? I mean, you really want to cover your bases, you know. Yeah. Um, but if you put all the emphasis there, then you're probably not going to have time to do a shot like that. You know. Yeah, totally. Which, um, so yeah, I mean. You know, one skill or one sort of process that I um, I need to develop more, you know, just an understanding of how best to approach the shooting of, of something, you know? Right. And Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's what I like watch Woody Allen movies and uh, his camera placement for a, any given scene is so genius that like oftentimes he'll just have a scene that's just in one shot, but the blocking is so excellent for that where the camera's placed totally. that you don't need it, you know. <laughs> but like, but getting, but getting to the level where you could, you know, where the camera should go and, and how to block around, it's just like that's it's so crazy, you know. Yeah, he barely. I mean, he he lives in his master shots. I yeah, mean, there's there's not much coverage happening, and there's not much ambitious stuff happening from a camera standpoint. But it puts the emphasis on the performance, on the blocking, exactly. Yeah. And uh, ultimately, I mean, his movies are so dialogue-based uh, that it, it lets the, the strength of his movies shine, you know? Yeah. It's not really about the cinematography, like, to generalize, you know? There's some yeah. beautiful Woody Allen movies, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's, it's definitely interesting how, you know, my tastes when it comes to, uh, you know, cinematography, I think are so intuitive that I haven't really thought about them or rationalized them. But, you know, when you look at someone like Woody Allen, you know, that's a different, I mean, that's totally him, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, these preferences are so personal. Um, and I, I would have trouble justifying, you know, my choices, but it's, it's, um, yeah, it's sort of project specific, but also, um, yeah, what, what you like to see. Yeah, totally. Um, But I I also feel like these logistics, the schedule, 
you know, demands a lot and, and can change oh, yeah. the reality of <laughs> what um, a movie looks like in major absolutely. ways, right? Yeah, man. And it's, it's funny, Timothy's been talking a lot lately about, like, wanting to shoot his feature in, like, 30 days or, or more, you know, and, like, not wanting to, like, c- compromise and shoot in a tight schedule. And to that point, I mean, I was asking a DP friend of mine, um, actually the DP of the feature I just worked on a while ago, I'm like, what? Because he's shot like over 20 features. And I was asking him like, so what do you think are the things that separate the, the directors who made another movie from the directors who'd never made a movie afterwards? And he basically said that like the directors who could like whose movies made money for the producers, they were the ones who made another movie. And I was like, well, but how does like being on set, like what kind of like characteristics would you say allowed them to, to create a good movie? And Mm -hmm. he was saying like people who can um, balance, you know, not get lost in, in the minutia and the details of a scene, Mm -hmm. but like understand where the scene and where these performances are going to fit in the bigger picture of the movie mm. and how that's going to um, come together to tell the best story possible and mm. making sure that like the decisions you're making as far as performance, shot selection, acting, all that stuff. If, is, if that is serving the whole, the whole movie, not just the scene itself, because like totally that, really makes a big difference and then I was asking him general advice of like what I should do like as approaching my first feature and he said something that I didn't really like but he was basically <laughs> like don't just try to shoot a movie as fast as possible for as little money as possible because you're going to be forced to make decisions that you're not going to want to make to try to shoot a feature in 20 days as a first time filmmaker with a hundred thousand dollars and a small inexperienced crew and you know actors who are gonna be thrown in a situation that's gonna be difficult like it's gonna be you have a lot working against you so he was saying it's better if you could shoot the movie over a long period of time over weekends like what Christopher mm. Nolan did for like his first movie the following, following. Yeah. yeah like just take your time so you can really craft everything like as beautifully and as slowly and as purposely as possible as possible because if you have more time you're going to be able to make it a better movie and tell a better story you know but totally. like i just don't think that's like for a lot of people that's not a reality because you need to be able to have actors who you know who are available for that long period of time <laughs> and if you're trying to like get like a hollywood actor or even a c level d level b level mm-hmm. actor that you're going to have to do it quickly. Like you're not going to be able to do it over weekends for a year, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I just think that I know you're going to have to get as much time as possible, but at some point, like you're only going to be able to get so much, you know? So I, I've sort of like, I, I wish I could say like, Oh, my first feature, I'm going to shoot it for three days, but I just don't think it's, I don't think that's necessarily going to be in the cards for me. Like, I think I might have to shoot it in 20 days or 24 days or even 18 days, you know? So I'm just trying to get myself ready for that inevitability, (laughs) you know? Well, I mean, you bring up a lot, you know, I don't want to talk exclusively about Jeremy Saulnier, but uh, he shot both Blue Ruin and Green Room in 30 days. Yeah. And Blue Ruin, he did, you know, when he was sort of at the level that we're talking about here. Um, but he could do so because of the, his actor situation, you know? Right, So, right. I mean, that is a lesson, isn't it? Like, because, um, you know, th- there's a lot... Uh, the 20-day version of Blue Ruin and the 30-day version of Blue Ruin probably 
are so different that they would make the difference between mm. success and failure. You maybe, know? maybe or, who, kn- who knows? Yeah, I mean that's a third more time. That's um, true. So I mean, either you craft a story that you can um, you can do with the, the sort of actor talent that you know, or yeah, or you raise enough money. Like you're right. I mean, it would be really sad if you had you know a killer script and a killer project only 18 days and and you're just not able to like bring it home right that's my that's a that's a uh, that is a um you know uh, a big fear of mine honestly as i look ahead to like the next next step i mean i haven't done it and maybe someone who's gone through would be like just you know get it done and do it right and and Stop being a pansy. Like <laughs> right. eighteen days is all you get, you know. Yeah, make, that's all you get. You, you gotta to, do it. You have to be make somehow take this impossible situation. I mean, that's what filmmaking is. It's problem solving. You gotta like cards deck is always like stacked against you, and you have to like do the best with what you're given. So you know. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I mean, you, there's always reshoots, right? So if like you shoot for true. eighteen days and yep. you realize, oh my god, like I have like three quarters of a movie here but um one quarter is garbage and i need to go back and get that quarter perfect in order to match the rest of the movie i mean you always have time you know like you always have time you can you can fix continuity you can get as long as your actors don't grow up if you're not dealing (laughs) with children you should be able to go back and and get it done you know it's one way or another you might have to raise another hundred thousand dollars or raise twenty thousand dollars to do it but i mean I think that there there are fixes in the world. So true. I don't know. I I'm of the mind that you just got to get it done any way you can. So yeah. if you wait around for the budget to shoot the movie in 30 days or 40 days or even 25 days, you might be waiting for a really long time or possibly <laughs> forever. So, yeah, right. It's better to to shoot something than nothing. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Mm. I'm sort of resigned to think that like my first feature when it is made is going to be as only so good. It's only going to be as good as it could possibly be. It's it might not be Shakespeare and it might not be, you know, whatever, like the movie I want it to be, you know, but it'll be a movie and hopefully it'll be good enough where people will be like, this guy's got something. Let's take her take a chance on this kid, you know, totally. Or this man. I'm not really a kid anymore. <laughs> now I'm a man. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't Gotta know. Gotta stay young at heart, man. I could always, like, I think, I, I love the idea that, like, anyone older than you can refer to you as a kid. So, like, right. a 60-year-old man. Be like, yeah, let's give this kid a chance here. This 30-year-old kid who has a wife and, you know, children in, in five years, maybe. You know? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's, it's really I like th- I think that's healthy, dude. I think that's healthy to, to have realistic expectations of what your what your first feature will be. Like I feel like I'm dreaming even when I say, oh, you know, I'm going to make a feature someday, you know. And so <laughs> I, it's it's a big it's a much bigger dream to think, you know, I'm going to make a great feature, <laughs> you know, right. like I, it's something that I will continue. You know, I'll aspire to make that debut as, you know, as awesome as as humanly possible but um, I think it's really healthy to to be like you know what it's a it's a stepping stone like everything is I'm gonna learn from it and it's gonna be you know it'll be what it is while pursuing greatness it's it's good to be prepared for for it not to do you know uh, all of the things that, that you might dream it will 
Yeah, totally. You know? I think I think it's easy to think of like whatever, like like the feature or even the first short or whatever as like the end all be all. Like it's this or nothing. Right. Like yep. you yep. know, if I either succeed or I'm gonna go home crying and as a failure. You know, but yeah. I think like getting away from that idea and being like, well. I made that movie. I'm gonna make another movie. I I did this project. I'm gonna do another project. I I made this feature. Hopefully, I can make another feature. Or you know, like I think you just gotta be looking. I don't know. You gotta Down focus on what you're bit. doing. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I mean, you need to focus on what you're doing. But like, I think you need to realize that whatever the result of that thing that you're working on, it's not gonna be either a hundred percent or the. It's neither gonna be like success or failure. It's gonna yeah. be just another step on your journey of whatever you're doing. You know. Right. Yep, I definitely feel like my natural inclination is the the all or nothing feeling. Right. Um, but I'm learning slowly and steadily that you know that's not what makes a career. You know. Right. right. <laughs> you've yeah. you've got multiple projects uh, in a continuum. You know, artistic development and, and everything else. So totally, no, I think that's uh, a good lesson to learn. Yeah, I think if it was all or nothing, how many people would quit? Right. Yeah. <laughs> true. <laughs> like, oh, it didn't happen for me on that one movie then I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Walking away. I think it's it's useful. I mean, so much I find filmmaking in this process so psychological. You know, I I feel like I'm playing mind games with myself a lot of times. Yeah. Uh, And like, it's a useful tool to think so, you know, black and white about, you know, the success and failure of a project to, to really be able to give it your all and to feel like if I can't do this right, I'm not a filmmaker or, you know, I have no future in this or whatever. It's, but it's almost like uh, you're tricking yourself, you're deluding yourself and you have to actually have another part of your brain, which is like kind of aware that like, uh, there's always other chances or there's always, you know, other projects and, and, um, you know, has that more long view in mind. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's there's the next thing is always there, the next opportunity, the next chance, the next story to tell, the right. next thing that's going to ignite your passion. If if you're feeling like, "Oh man, I have nothing to say or there's nothing going on in my life that's worth even talking about or why should I even make a movie?" Like I think, you know, the the thing that's going to bring that turn you around from that and like, you know, get you excited about about telling stories and doing creating art again. I think it's it could be right there, you know. It could be right around the corner. Totally. You know, you know. You wake up and you you have a dream, and then you remember it, and you're like, oh my god, like that thing is. I gotta do, get this out of me, whatever it is. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I have uh, far too much of that type of experience. I I sort of feel like instead of feeling going around like wondering where that inspiration will come from one day, it's like. I'm inspired by all things and I think oh <laughs> uh, like almost everything I'm like oh that would make a great scene or that would great make a great moment or character or maybe this is worth doing and uh yeah so I'm sort of overwhelmed with the ambitions that will never see the light of day you know mm. just projects or ideas for movies that of course I'm never going to make you know do you write uh, those down when you I have do them? yeah I keep a notebook uh, in Evernote so it's on my phone and computer nice you know I can kind of access it no matter when and yeah I mean a lot of times they're kind of more in the form of I think they're more appropriate for shorts mm. you know yeah a lot of times because it's like oh this is this would be a funny idea like bite-sized idea for yeah. you know it's either comedically or or whatever but other times it's 
an observation or a photo or a piece of inspiration or uh, an idea for a character. So yeah, it's a, a film ideas notebook. I, I do the similar thing. I have a, a, a workflow account and I basically do the same thing. I just like, well, so if I have an idea or like something inspires me, I just, you know, write a quick note about it, give it a title name for the project and just throw it in there, you know? And then like, I'll sometimes look at it and be like, wait, what the fuck is this virtual reality project? And then read it like, oh, that's a dream I had. I wrote out down. I don't even <laughs> yeah. know if I remember that. Like, what was I talking about? Oh, my God. Yeah, that's awesome. But I think it's fun to do that because, like, maybe one day you will turn those one of those ideas or some of those ideas into scripts or into stories. And, you know, even if it's just a short story or something that you just write out and just to get out of your system and then maybe you don't ever do anything with it till till maybe maybe way later or maybe never, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it's true. I mean, anytime I'm lacking inspiration, I really can just sort of scroll down through this list and, um, you know, and, and kind of rekindle an interest in, in something I've already written out. Yeah. I was sort of curious. I was just looking. Um, I, I, I kind of expected this number, number to be higher, but I have... Uh, 396 uh, uh, cards right now in, in that notebook or whatever. 300, wow. So those are all individual ideas? Those are all film ideas. I mean, there's probably more than one that pertain to, wow. you know, the same one. Man. But, I mean, they could, again, be like three words, you know, that, that's, uh, you know, future wow. boy gets in future trouble, jetpacks. Okay, see, that is a <laughs> terrible, terrible Terrible card. Future boy. <laughs> Conductor so son. Funny. Makes oh father God. proud. You know, a lot of these are dumb, but then huh. there's some story about a first kiss. Wow. Well, you're way better than I am. I don't have that many. I probably have like, you know, 20 to 30, maybe. Debt you know. collector, millionaire. <laughs> Oh man, I also have like a billion like little tiny scripts I started writing at one point or the other in my in my life, just like saved in a folder somewhere. So it's like ten pages of this, five pages of that. I don't know. It'd be fun to like have the time to go back and revisit all those things and then turn yeah. it into to something. Like whether it's a short or a feature script or whatever, just turn it into something so it can be its own thing and not just half a thing. You know? Right. Well, what's the easiest way to get a story out into the world? Uh, I don't know. Just write it. Podcast. Podcast. You should dedicate a <laughs> a whole podcast. You give five minutes to one story and you make it complete. Wow. Or, you know, v v oral storytelling. The Moth, wow. you know. I, I started listening to some some uh, just incredible stories told uh, uh, in sort of a, um, you know, open mic setting. Wow. Man, that is, that is an art form. That is really, <laughs> you know. Uh, That's fun. I... That's pretty crazy. I have no no ability to get in front of people and uh but you know, that's that's um no, it's a good question. Like how uh how can you do something, take an idea and make it complete and push it into the world? Yeah. It could I don't be know. comic strip, it could be, you know like, Yeah. But guess, film is like one of the hardest things to do. <laughs> yeah, film is really hard. It takes so many people to do it right, I think. You know, and I mean, you can do it right with less people, but I just feel like the way that I like to make movies just takes an army, you know? Which yeah, is really exactly. crazy. It's yeah. funny you mentioned the whole open mic storytelling thing. I actually did that once. Really? Um, I went to this, this event. They, I don't know if they're still doing it, but it was like a storytelling night, and they would have, um, you know, a set amount of storytellers that would 
come prepared to tell a story just in front of a crowd, you know, that they had like, you know, rehearsed or written down or something. But then they did an open mic. So you could just say, hey, I'm first time or I've been here before. Like, you know, put your name in a hat and then whoever gets drawn out will come up and tell their story. Cool. So I put my name in the hat and then Mm -hmm. I got picked and I told the story in front of a crowd for like 10 minutes. Um, How'd it go? It went well. I mean, um, I don't, I think I, I, you know, I was there with friends, with my wife and a friend of mine. And so they told me that it, you know, actually made sense and people understood it. And the crowd laughed at, at certain parts and cheered. So I, I like, I must think that they, it came out okay. But, yeah. you know, I, I sort of worry that like my storytelling, my odd uh, verbal storytelling, like two people is, mm. is weaker than it should be, uh, especially for a filmmaker. Because I feel like a lot of friends of mine and people I know are so good at like telling a story in a, in a group of people, like at a bar or at a restaurant and just like wowing people. But I feel yeah. like a lot of my stories either like just don't go anywhere or people just don't care. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so This is one of my uh, deep insecurities, I would say. I mean, oh, really? I for sure know exactly what you're talking about yeah and um i i have the same thing like i there's two things that i feel like a a director should be able to do tell stories and make decisions Mm. and i'm terrible at doing both (laughs) (laughs) that's funny oh my god and uh you know when it comes to the rest of my life and when it comes to you know uh communicating with people like i'm just not you know, I have some friends of mine who are extremely good storytellers and any group, any social situation, they will be the center of attention and bring down the house. I mean, uh, just uh, that is a skill set that I'm so envious of. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I have the same feeling, but it's true. It's true that you have to be able to recognize good storytelling, but I don't know if you have to be able to be a great story person in, in that context (laughs) right you know i mean you do have to like we we were talking at the beginning about pitching you know film is its own medium and its own art form and it has its own technical you know process that's it's quite a bit different than being able to speak extemporaneously and uh sort of on the fly put together you know a compelling you know uh, narrative, right? So you know, I'm trying not to get too depressed. Basically, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny because I feel like, for some reason, like going back to that story session thing I did, like that wasn't that that went actually better than than I you know than mm-hmm. than oftentimes my storytelling goes. And yeah. I think that like sometimes maybe it's harder for me to tell a story like that happened to me earlier that day, you know, like something mm. that just happened, but something that's like a bigger story that's like important to my life or something that happened a lot, a long time ago, like it's easier to tell that bigger more dramatic story. Yeah. Uh, but I also wonder if like I'm just better at telling stories to people either that A, I don't know as well, or B, who are complete strangers. And that when I'm trying to tell stories to like close friends of mine or people I've known for years, that I just get like self-conscious or something. Yeah. Like, cause they're, I know them and they're so good at telling stories and I'm always laughing at the things they tell me or whatever. But then like, when I, like I'm the storyteller of the group, like I'm the one who's actually in the business of filmmaking. And like, so when I tell a story, if they don't like it, it's like, oh, wow, what are you even trying to make movies for? You can't even tell me about this thing that happened to you that was supposed <laughs> to be so funny, you idiot. Like, so maybe it's more like I'm, I'm like hindering myself or I'm just thinking about it too much because I have this like yeah. pressure I've put on myself for some stupid reason. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know what you're saying. And, you know, I, I behave in 
perform differently in numbers, you know, like one-on-one is different than a group. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's worse if you're actually pitching or talking about the story of your own like film project, like, and, and kind of fall on your face. It's like, it makes it seem like you don't even know what you're making, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But, but for some reason I kind of feel like if I can't tell people a story about how this guy cut me off and he was such an asshole to me and make that story engaging or interesting, then maybe I'm even lesser of a storyteller. Like I should be able to tell that story that really pissed me off really well and True. like, you know, oh, but who cares if I can tell my my story yeah. of the movie I want to make well, because I've been like rehe- like writing that for like three years and like right. rehearsing it and told so many people. So, of course, I could tell that, but I should be able to tell anything like no, really engaging. I mean, how universal are the are the the uh, talents of storytelling that, you know, how universal is that? And, you know, very valid point, man. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I guess I have the same like. I'm bad at internalizing and reflecting, like, so close to the moment, too. Like, mm. I, I guess you said, you know, um, because to be able to turn around and tell a story, you ha- you're basically putting, your, like, changing from first person to third person, in mm. a way. Even if you're saying, I did this, I did this, you are looking back um, on a series of events, you know, say in the case of a guy c- cutting you off, and you're a little detached from it, and you're packaging it up, in a way that's um, you know easy, easily digestible for an audience. Right. That's a process, you know, and that's a mental process. Uh, and like, I, I just feel like maybe I need more time to live with something. You know, I'm yeah. sort of like I internalize things slowly, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> um, maybe. Because yeah. that's part of the process is to reflect, and, and also like I think that different people's minds work differently, but I think that. Some of the natural storytellers who I know in my life, they must be, and I'm, this is pure speculation, so <laughs> I don't yeah. know, but they must be in their heads thinking about how they would tell the story, you know, later, right as an event is transpiring. Oh, I don't know. know. Maybe. Or, or directly yeah. after. I don't know. I mean, and maybe after years of doing that, it's so subconscious that they're not even aware of it, you know? Mm, but like for me, it takes greater effort to translate experience into, um, you know, a verbal kind of form. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's hard for me, too. And I think sometimes it's it's easier. Like, I think it's probably easier for me to tell my wife, like, about, like, a thing that happened to me in the day and make it interesting for her than it is for yeah. me to tell my friends, you know? <laughs> yeah. But uh, I don't right. know. I just feel like that's something I, I wish I was just, like, the guy who could just tell stories endlessly and make them exciting endlessly. But uh, I just, you know, I think I only, I can only do it in so, so, I don't know, in like either this format or that format, or I can only do it at this time or that time. Like I can't do it all the time. Right. I don't know. Maybe I wish I could. It's a worthy, it's a worthy aspiration. And I think it's one of those things where, you know, practical. Practic, God, I can't say practice makes perfect. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you just practice saying practice. Yeah, exactly. You got it. <laughs> and then eventually you figure out how to pronounce practice. <laughs> pra- practice. <laughs> well, what else did you do this week? Did you watch any movies over the weekend? I don't think I did. No movies? Oh, my no God. No movies. Green Room was still the last movie I've seen. Really? God, you were so, like, you embarrassed me because, like, you, like, like when we first emailed, you were like, oh, I saw this movie, this movie, this movie. I, was like, I think Fuck. I just, yeah, I think I, like, <laughs> I was watching movies in a, you know, like, 
one after the other for a day. I like had a streak four days in a row, four movies. Wow. And uh, and I guess I I kind of had that you know got that on my system for a week or two. Wow. <laughs> and maybe um, maybe uh, next week I'll be watching more. But yeah, um, been kind of uh, nose to the grindstone, working working away on some visual effects for my for my uh, short. Awesome, mostly man. this week. Sweet. Dealing with some logistics in life, you know. When when is the uh, trailer going to be ready? Is it like completely undetermined at this point? Yeah, I mean, right now, um, that is what we're working towards, um, sort of in service of a potential crowdfunding campaign. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. when I have the trailer done for for that. Nice. Um, but uh, you know, it's there's a lot of shots in the trailer. I have a cut of it. Um, oh, you do. Oh, awesome. So, uh, but you know, a lot of the shots are sort of empty shells, or you know, need need a lot of work ah. to uh, to get filled in, and and because some of those shots involve sort of our hero CG assets, mm. like there's just quite a bit of of work that needs to be done before that shot can even start coming together. Mm-hmm. So I would predict, you know, at least at least a couple months away. Wow. Okay. Is yeah. there any information about the movie out in the world? Is there a Facebook page, a website, Not anything? Yet, but I think mm. that all that stuff will s- sort of uh, get collected and and you know uh, get worked on sort of around the same time as a potential crowdfunding thing. Nice. Um, I mean, we definitely need <laughs> that money to to kind of get through the end um, so, uh, of this project. So that'll probably be our push you know, getting this film known about, you know, into the world a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'll have to, I mean, I, I need to redesign my personal website. So I've got a lot of uh, sort of pr- presentational related uh, things that I've been thinking about. But um, right now, sort of uh, more in the in the um, nitty gritty of, of the shot work uh, before thinking too much about the marketing and, um, you know, crowdfunding side. Yeah, well, that's good, man. It's good to stay focused on the craft itself, you know, and get that going. And I mean, I wish we didn't have to be responsible for our marketing, but yeah. uh, at this this stage, we do. So right. you know, eventually, I'm sure you'll get it going. But yeah, when you do have it already, make sure to tell tell Timothy and I so we can blast it out on the podcast. So oh people man, know about appreciate it. that. Oh, awesome. Of course, dude. Cool. You're you're like you know um, I don't know what your title should be. You should be like some sort of honor, honorary making movies is hard, <laughs> like guest host, guest Ooh. appearance. Excellent. Uh, Do I guest get like something a, or other? I want like a name tag or something I can sport around. <laughs> walk to the grocery. Get get you a hat. Just like a <laughs> yeah, making movies hard as yeah. <laughs> you, you don't you don't have any merch yet? We don't have any merch, man. Timothy and I we've been talking about like Gotta we need T-shirts. Your, yeah, your swag going on. We need pens. We need things. We need to be able to send people <laughs> stuff. I don't know. We gotta we get, we're really bad. Talk about marketing, man. Like we're we're bad enough at marketing our own movies, but we're like really bad about marketing the podcast. <laughs> like we really don't get it out there enough. Like we more people should be aware of it. Well, you know? one of the best channels you have to market is to is to plug it on your own podcast but you see it's a catch 22 <laughs> we're gonna plug the podcast on our own podcast and then hopefully enough people More will people, start yeah, listening totally exactly. that's hilarious oh my god well speaking of plugs do you have anything to, to plug this week anything you want to share mm, uh, no not uh, not off the top of my head hmm. how about you 
Well, I mean, I could share the various movies and things I've watched this week, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's really people. They don't need that, you know. Civil War doesn't need more people, uh, <laughs> you know, to see it. It's already been seen by millions. Um, do you recommend it? Uh, sh- I, I do recommend it. Okay. Yeah, I, I I liked it more than most of them. Well, I I liked Ant Man a lot. The the other I Marvel did too. movie. Yeah. Yeah. But I liked it way more than Age of Ultron. Um, okay, so yeah. if you didn't like Age of Ultron, don't worry. Don't worry. Civil War is way better. So, um, <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. go, go see that that one next. Oh, you should, man. Um, but I guess I will plug out. There's another local filmmaker. His name's Jason Mays. I think I'm saying it right. I met with him a few weeks ago. Just had coffee, but uh, he shared with me his uh, documentary that he made, a little ten minute doc about um, this uh, baseball league that happens in the Bay Area. It's like an underground adult baseball league that's completely independent. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it's it's got a name. And uh, there's like different teams. There's like a San Francisco teams and Berkeley teams, and there's an Oakland team. It's like the Oakland Beers is a team and then like the Berkeley Newsies I think or News something is that another team and then like the Mission Street something is another team so there's all these fun team names uh, but it's kind of cool it was like a little fun doc that he made because he's oh. in he's in the league oh, so awesome. that's kind of how he got access to it all um, but I'll, I'll put the it's actually out online you can watch it now I think he's turning it into a, a longer project but there's a little 10 minute doc so I'll make sure that link's attached super cool yeah I'd know. love to see it yeah. Actually, um, I was just thinking uh, since I talked about my uh, writing partner, Mike Sunday. Yeah. I should probably plug. Uh, he's also um, a uh, children's book author. Oh and wow. He's um, he's published he's self published a few books recently, which are doing really well on iTunes and stuff. So if any of uh, the listeners have a little one in your life, um, check out uh, his his books. They're super full of heart, super charming, really fun. Um, so you can go check out legbug.com, which is his, uh, uh, I guess, uh, self-publishing company or whatever. Legbug. Leg bug. Uh-huh. Cool. Well, I have a nephew who's two years old, so I'll go check hey, it there out you go. and find some books to read to him. He, he loves books and new books and stuff. So Awesome. Yeah, yeah let, let me know what you think. Sweet, dude. Well, awesome. Colin, um, before I take us officially out of the podcast, I just wanted to take a moment to thank you for being here for two weeks. It's been a lot of fun having you on the podcast. And, of course. You know, you d- generate uh, generously donating your time to us and our listeners. It's really awesome. So thanks, man. And you're welcome back anytime. Anytime you want to talk about anything, <laughs> anytime you want to plug anything, anytime you want to bug us about anything, you can always come back um, and be a part of the podcast. We just love having you. Awesome, awesome. Well, I've had a really great time. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I hope I uh, held the mantle all right, and uh, I will. Uh, I'll keep listening. Yeah, to man. You guys. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I think you did a pretty good job. I mean, Timothy is gonna be a little angry. I think when he hears <laughs> these podcasts. But no, I think you did a good job. Actually, that's a complete lie. He just been t- tweeting out all day today about how much he loved the podcast. So, um, yeah, but no, thanks. Thanks again, man. And, um, you know, cool. here, I'm going to take us out real cool. quick. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please tell your friends about us or leave a review on iTunes. Uh, that's another note. We have a few more iTunes reviews. I think we have like three more iTunes reviews. But I didn't want to read them on the show without Timothy because I know it's one of his favorite uh, things to do. Mm-hmm. He loves to read the iTunes reviews. So we'll do that next <laughs> week. Uh, hopefully there'll be more, maybe, and, and people, more mm-hmm. iTunes reviews by next week so we can even read those ones too. But uh, but yeah, if you want to, you can re- leave a review there. Um 
can check out our website, makingmoviesishard.com, where you can subscribe to our show notes and share your thoughts on this episode and all the other episodes. Or you can send us an email to podcast at makingmoviesishard.com and we'll share it on the show. Or, you know, if you have a question or a topic suggestion, we'll share that on the show as well. So thanks so much for listening. Thanks again, Colin, for being here. Thank you. Yeah, dude, my pleasure. And uh, yeah, we'll have uh, Timothy back next week for another uh, gut-busting episode of making movies crazy goodness. (laughs) That was terrible.